yeah, it's hard to describe, but the um, like the level of awareness I had where uh, like everything was silent, like ringing in my ears, and I could like look at the water running and then be able to hear the water, like be able to like hone in on stuff and like be completely um, aware of like where I was at and like of my surroundings. But I wasn't like it was, yeah, I wasn't scared or anything. I was just like super aware, like, all right, so like, this is serious, you know. This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today on the podcast, I sat down and chatted with Kyle Mackey. Kyle, I would call him an adventurer. He's gone on some really cool trips, uh, a few trips to Alaska, a couple solo deals there in Alaska. Um, you know, he's gone on, on cross country adventure bike trips, motorbike trips, uh, stuff like that. And, and it's just been an escalating thing and it feels like it's going to just keep continuing on and continuing on. So it's fun to have him on to hear about some of those Alaska adventures, some of those cross country U S adventures, some bear encounters, stuff like that. Uh, so it's fun to hear about that fun to chat with Kyle and get to hear some of that story. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Kyle, thanks for coming in. Thank you, Logan, <laughs> for having me. Yeah. I, I, I want to explore a few different things for sure, but I guess it's... I think the adventure side of things, right? And, and I want to ask you about some of your military history uh, that you're in right now. You're in the guard, you said, right? But uh, probably the adventure, but also the on top of that, the theme of just being willing to go for it. Uh, so let's get into the adventure first, if you don't mind. Where did that start? Like in high school, were you out hiking, backpacking, stuff like that? Or where did that begin? Yeah, so honestly, um, I don't know. The uh, the adventure side of stuff, I, I guess I've always been... Um, like when I first got my license, uh, me and my buddies went to Duluth like the next day, mm-hmm. the day after, and and uh, just w- I went to explore and and that kind of um, maybe went to the the next level. Then once I got to college or in the interim in between high school and college, hmm. uh, but uh, just wanted to uh, see more and. Um, yeah just see more the Mm -hmm. i think covid played a little bit of a role because initially uh the traveling was like me and my brother so my brother uh one of the first trips we did he was super into japan and was like hey um do you want to come with me to japan got these super cheap cheap tickets for like 500 bucks and i was like yeah let's let's go so we did some traveling overseas and I did that a couple other times and I really hadn't explored the US at all. And then once COVID hit, so this is all pretty recent. Um, 
I started doing trips in the U.S. with my buddies, and and that was the same deal with mostly with my college friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd do these really spontaneous, kind of crazy adventures in the U.S. And after that, then I, I graduated in 2021 from Northern, and um, there's a couple uh, solo trips I did that were uh, pretty crazy, and and um, a lot of in be- them spontaneous trips in between, but uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. It's like some, not that I'm an insane mountain climber or anything, cause I'm not, but uh, some mountain climbers where it's like, why do you do that? You know, where people are on like Everest and they're uh, like literally suffering. Um, like it doesn't look fun at all, but there's something about it. And not that I'm at that level or anything like that, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's kind of similar, like, uh, hard to explain but mm-hmm. um but it's the one thing i'll say is uh i do have a like a, a fascination with like the arctic huh. and like we could talk about the two later but right um the first time i went to alaska i was just absolutely uh like obsessed with it and would like probably every week uh watch videos about like the arctic and uh, in the summer, in the winter, because in the summer, you know, there's 24 hours of sunlight and um, it's just a completely different ecosystem. And we had talked about this before, but uh, you had a gentleman on that was sheep hunting. Um, and I thought that he was up in the Brooks range, but uh, that's that's where a couple of my adventures are up in the Brooks range, which is above the Arctic Circle in Alaska. Mm-hmm so it just escalated over time more than anything so started off like again you said in high school with some of these uh more like duluth trips and then through college some little trips and stuff like that and then eventually now you're up in the brooks range of alaska whatever else right yeah pretty much and i'll say that uh i'll say that i think the the like the adventure like wanting to go out and do everything was always there, but like the means to do it. Like sure. when I was younger, you know, I didn't have money and um, I didn't like had a, my first car was a van. So mm. like me and all my buddies, like went in my van to Duluth and um, yeah, I just had an awesome time. Mm. Uh, but then beyond that, you know, getting more money getting time off and kind of like when you're 16, I mean, some people are crazy enough, but you're not gonna go do like you're looking for the next step, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so you kind of build up to more crazy adventures and you learn stuff more. You learn more stuff too, obviously. So like, um, you don't wanna, you don't wanna not research where you're going or like not have somewhat of a, um, like somewhat of a background and I'm not gonna say survival, but like mm-hmm. just, um, like good stuff to know. Yeah, just gear and methods and whatever, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, even uh, this is something I, like, I learned recently, but uh, like butane and propane, right? Mm-hmm. So butane boils at 20 degrees, hmm. where uh, propane boils at negative 40. So if you're like in, um, and you use like gas to melt snow, right? So if you're in these like high altitudes or like really cold environments and you brought like a butane stove, then that, that's not going to work mm-hmm. so that it's not going to boil and you're not going to 
the butane is not going to boil because it's in a liquid state when it's in the can. Right. It's not going to evaporate. And you're not going to be able to get gas out of it if it's really cold. So if you're uh, if you're in really cold environments, you have to use propane. Hmm. So like in most camping stoves are butane. So you have to get like the big green Coleman ones and get a little heavier setup. But right. Um, yeah. Did so you like, learn? Did you learn that firsthand, or you knew that before you? I knew that, okay. but like. Um, yeah, like say you went up there, somewhere car broke down, uh, and you have all this gas, mm-hmm. and you know boils at twenty degrees, and like up in the Brooks Range when I was up there, so I, I went when it was warmer out, not, you know, I would have went whatever temperature, but I was kind of lucky. It was like zero degrees out, zero, between zero and ten, and this mm-hmm. is like the most recent uh, trip I did. But uh, you know, say that you didn't know that, and you went up there, and and your car wouldn't start or something, you're I mean, you're eight hours from Fairbanks, right? Like middle of nowhere, and there's truckers, so you're not like there's there's one road that goes up to Prudhoe Bay, which is like the uh, Prudhoe Bay dead horse is the top of Alaska, um, and there's one road that goes up there. It's the haul road for the oil rigs, mm-hmm. like the the oil pumping stations, right? Um, the oil rigs. Uh, and the the only town there's one there's Coldfoot. It's like a gas station between Prudhoe Bay Dead Horse and Fairbanks. Hmm. Uh, but besides that, like as far as like AAA, like they're eight hours away. Yeah. So if you had an issue with your car, or like say you went out there and like um, like my setup, I went and pulled a sled and and I probably had around a hundred pounds of gear, but I had packed water. So say I get out there with all my water, drink all my water, and then my gas doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna die, but it just like cut the sh- trip short and then yeah. it just suck. But stuff like that, <clears throat> um, like you don't like learn until later. So it wouldn't be smart to like go do some kind of crazy right away. Right. Like, put Definitely put like some thought into it, but. Yeah. So you always had the the draw, maybe not the means. And then as time has gone on, you've taken off more bite-sized chunks that you feel are within your, your scope. Uh, yeah. Do you remember a, a certain trip or a certain moment where like, wow, th- like this is it. I need to keep pursuing this or like what, something that really gripped you that said, hey, I want to keep going down this path versus having this be uh, afterthought. Cause it feels like it's a big part of your life. Is it not? Like yeah. A- well, hundred percent. I'll say that, um, I'll say that um, the uh, uh, turning point, like, well, when it first started again, it was just like small trips. And then uh, me and my brother, uh, Nathan Mackey, he, um, we would go on uh, like international, we went international a couple of times, but mm-hmm. nothing like, we like I never did any of like the camping or hiking. And honestly, I was like hiking, like that's like kind of like I'm not gonna say lame, but like mm-hmm. foo foo, like like you know, I wasn't into that whole crowd. That uh, not that there's anything wrong with them because I've been uh, you know probably more so in the crowd, right? But like that's <clears throat> eating granola bars and mm-hmm. uh, talking about like. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to explain no, yeah. it, but so I was like, yeah, that sounds kind of lame. Like, but, 
Um, once the borders shut down, like in COVID and me and my buddies, we went up and I'll, I'll say this, like when I did go, I went, uh, to Japan with my brother and then, uh, we had, a Patrick Santala, he lived with us as a foreign exchange student from mm-hmm. Finland and then Ina Jetter and she was from Germany. So we had, um, to these people live with us when I was going to high school and I took a trip over there. So I, I went over to, and spent some time in Finland and Germany hmm. and I went to the Alps like first time I'd been in the mountains and that was just like blew my mind mm-hmm. like absolutely blew my mind like that like these even these places even exist like yeah I was just totally taken away like right. spent hours like looking at all the peaks and it was a beautiful day out too but and I didn't climb the mountains I took a cable car up because it's yeah. like a big ski resort but huh. Um, yeah, I was just absolutely blown away. And then after that, then doing like more hiking and climbing and stuff, um, I like kind of fell in love with it, but, Mm -hmm. um, that was after like the borders closed. So this is like three years ago, like pretty recent. Right. But, um, yeah. Yeah. For me, it was same deal. Like I never would have thought myself as a hiker and I'm still not, I don't do enough of it. I, I'd, I'd like to do a lot more, but I still have a, a strong appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never would have even thought about it or appreciated it. I was more just like, yeah, let's go four wheeling or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You just, you just weren't into it. Right. And you see somebody hiking and you think, Oh, it's not my crowd for sure. But now I'm wearing green pants and have trekking poles and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. start, start started off from like a hunting background and then realizing, Hey, I want to go do some backpack hunts. Like that mm-hmm. sounds unreal. And then realizing, man, the hike is almost as fun as the hunt, you know, yeah. like the, just the adventure. Oh, 100%. Of it, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree. So now I'm like, I want to go hike the Pacific Crest trail. Like uh, mm-hmm. the whole, uh, the whole bit just sounds unbelievable right yeah. no I, I completely agree yeah yeah well do you remember like i feel like it must be the same i don't know i'm just trying to think are people's uh reasons they get into something similar or different whatever else but do you remember why then you started to like the hiking and that adventure side of things no well yeah i don't know that's like um yeah i don't know i maybe the physical aspect of it too it's like a great workout but Mm -hmm. i'll say this like the like a lot of stuff is like kind of spontaneous like going on a road trip or like hey uh uh let's go we'll like climb a mountain or something but it'll be super mm-hmm. like we'll have six hours and we'll like we'll go run up this thing and and it'll be kind of a competition we'll all be like really pushing each other to make it to the top and then it's like a great workout and a good like people bond through adversity and, mm-hmm. and so when me and my buddies who were all in rtc together um we do these like hard things or uh like one we went on a super spontaneous trip to, uh, it was literally the day after, um, like COVID, uh, like everyone was freaking out about it and they're like, we're going to close the school. And, and so we all went to the bar that night and we're like, Hey, let's go on an adventure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in that first, it was just gonna be me and my buddy, Nick Quinn. Um, and so we rented this like really small Chevy Sonic, hmm. like the cheapest car we could find on Turo. And then my two other buddies, Nate Weiner and Gavin Janiszewski, um, they're like, hey, we can come too. And so we're like, 
oh geez like we just got the smallest car on the yeah. planet <laughs> <laughs> and so we yeah we all packed it and like literally packed in nate weinert's like six five or six three and like his head he's like he's sitting up sideways because this chevy sonic is the yeah. smallest thing on the planet <laughs> but um yeah uh we, like we went out and and we we got to the grand canyon and we hiked the grand canyon in a day we went down to the colorado river and back up we did it and we started in like early like we were we started late we were supposed to start, start like way earlier but um like ran down it and then power hiked up in just a crazy amount of time and it was that was like one of those things where it was like a competition of like who could get to the top the quickest mm-hmm. um but then we uh yeah we're just we're just doing crazy hikes and uh just like the freedom like, mm-hmm. i wouldn't say like carelessness because we're still sm- kind of smart about some stuff but just like the like the adventure yeah part of it. but um i'm kind of going off on a tangent that's, no no yeah. it's good i, I think I, I just try to explore what what and, and of course it's an impossible question right mm-hmm. like why do you do what you you do but uh and so i wonder if I, that's why i was assuming it's similar for everybody but for me it's like the uh I don't know. It's like hard to explain. Like you said, the adventure side of it, but you, the mental space that it brings you to, just like you said, like the freedom of it, the yeah. everything about it is just hard to describe the where it gets you to. And again, you feel like the physical accomplishment of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it does put you in a different state of mind. And I think like everyone, like my, um, uh, my sister's boyfriend, Marshall Kempen, he, uh, he fly fish guides mm-hmm. and like everyone like it, for him like he'll like we'll, we'll go fly fishing together and he'll be like yeah like flyers are gonna be good tonight like mm-hmm. we're gonna go out there and like um like the flies are gonna be really like there's gonna be a lot of flies you know so everyone else would be like oh yeah it sounds like terrible but you know they're like there's gonna be a lot of fish jumping up out of the water and like so it gets gets him going, you know, gets me going. Like, oh yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The hard to explain. Like, right. But then there it feels like there is a different element too. Like you saying, you have that that obsession about the Arctic and that cold weather side of things too. Yeah. Do you know why that is? Is that just again another another rung on the ladder, or what's that? I you, I just don't know that I feel that. I feel like I can get there, but I haven't got to that point yet. I guess. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, it might be because like the UP is kind of cold, right? Like maybe like the next step. Yeah. Uh, n- not the next step, but like, like, uh, like we live in this like cold and kind of desolate environment mm-hmm. and the Arctic's like that to like a little more extreme. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, uh, interesting and like draws you towards it. But like, I've been super fascinated with, like arctic exploration yeah and antarctic exploration and just like the um like the search for the northwest passage and there's a couple really really good books like the man who ended up the the man who ate his own boots and it's um uh the actual gentleman is is um is it john walker i don't wanna i don't wanna misquote their uh is it John? Yeah, John Walker is the individual, but the story, the book goes over the entire 
uh, quest for the Northwest Passage hmm. from like the early 1500s to like the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, but just crazy stories of, and that's such a good book for anyone that's like, for anyone that wants to like, is interested in, in that or, or um, just crazy adventures and really like the, like the reality of some situations. Cause some stuff like sounds kind of fun fairy tale, but then like, it's brutal. Right. Like, and then for them, like they, they're trying to find this Northwest passage above Canada mm-hmm. so they can get like a shorter sh- shipping routes to Asia and like them, like the, the stuff the guys had to go through for like years spent stuck in the ice or uh, there's a couple of cases. Cause this spans over like hundreds of years and, um, uh, you know, meeting these Inuit villages and these people that lived up there with like the skin off their back, mm-hmm. like absolutely insane, like the human endurance and, um, uh, like the, I don't want to say will to live, but like the, like the ingenuity of people and, and like how people survive back then. It's just, it's just cool to hear about and, and read, but, uh, like the, I mean, these people like the, um, actually, I, let me just double check. Cause I don't want to mess his name up. Mm-hmm. Um, this book has like so much random stuff in it, but it's, that's uh, a cool looking book. Is that your notebook that you take and you write in that when you are hiking and stuff or no? Yeah, this is actually just, um, one I used for the national guard. But okay. I had it lying around, so there's a... Uh... Oh, John Franklin. Okay. Uh, what did I say, John? John Walker, I think. John Walker, yeah. yeah. Either way. Yeah, that's a, actually, that's a drink, I think. Yeah. John <laughs> Walker, yeah. No, the... Uh, yeah, uh, John Franklin. But uh, he had he had led an expedition, and there's a lot of fur trading going back in, the, the, uh, in Canada with, like, the natives there. Um, but he like him in an expedition, they pulled a, a small boat, 700 miles, like up rivers to, um, first great slave Lake up in Northern Canada and then great bear Lake, which is like, um, maybe a couple hundred miles from the Arctic ocean. Okay. All in search for this Northwest passage, but they like the amount of stories and, uh, just, the crazy adventures that they did is like on another planet yeah and with the technology they had back then too so they like to talk to someone i mean we're talking months sometimes years for that information to go back to england where their like family was or mm-hmm. all that and like for them to survive off the land and um like meeting you know like native people or like these inuit eskimos that haven't had human contact forever and like it just really is really interesting to me but it kind of like ties into um the like the up but then like to another extreme like that the northern arctic that kind of stuff yeah no i know I, yeah, I understand. I just don't think I'm there yet, but I appreciate it. Like just having that draw, because again, you spent some time up there. What inspired that initial trip to go up there? And then can you get into some of those stories? You, you mentioned a, a bear encounter, yeah. right? Can yeah. So yeah, the, um, the, like the first time I went to Alaska, 
uh, it was right after I graduated college and I was, you know, there wasn't really anything to it. I was just like, kind of wanted to do something, um, like out of the box. Mm -hmm. Like, and, uh, I wouldn't say like next step or I wasn't like, it wasn't like some soul search mission. I was just like, like, I really want to check this place out. And I actually was going to go to Canada at first. Like I was like, bam for Jasper national park. Mm -hmm. Um, but then COVID was still going on and the borders were closed and I was like, well, I'll go to, I'll go to Alaska cause that place is really cool too. Um, and yeah, I went up there and I, I knew a couple of guys that were stationed up in Fairbanks. So I went up there and I stayed with them and then, uh, I took a little bush plane up to, it's a town of like 200 people. It's called Anatovic pass. And from there was like, uh, was like really the crazy, a, a crazy a crazy experience hmm. um but yeah so i got there and i spent some time in fairbanks for a little bit and then uh took this it's it's called right air right air and and they do um they do uh not they're not charters it's like they're a commercial airliner but they're like they're made up of all these small planes and they go to like all these arctic villages and hmm. these small villages but um I went up to this, this town, Anatovic pass. And someone actually told me like, uh, that, that translated, um, that translates to like caribou poop pass because okay. <laughs> that, that pass is, um, what a lot of caribou used to migrate okay. from like the, like the coastal region above the Brooks range down to, uh, the more interior of Alaska. So I went up there. And again, this town is like 200 people, like super small, but they still have, they still have 4G and uh, like they're still connected to the rest of the world. It's just right. a super remote, um, crazy town, like in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I got there and originally I was gonna spend six days or a week out there, but the weather got really bad. So I ended up spending four uh, four days. Um, like, did I say six weeks? No, no. I think, I think days. Okay. Yeah. Said, yeah. yeah uh, six days or yeah. Forrester research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and back-end solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C dot com. Were you staying in the town there, you were saying? or you were No, no. So I just used the town to fly into because there's no other place you can fly into up there. Yeah, I'm looking at pictures of it now. So you got the mountains rising up. Oh, above, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of it. 
that's pretty cool so you went hiking into the mountains you know, yeah spending four days out there yeah that was the first trip up there was it snowy was it no well it was but i didn't expect it to be because it was the middle of summer okay so uh in again it's above the arctic circle so yeah in the summer it's 24 hours of sunlight really gorgeous and um when i went there so i went there in early august and uh i went there by myself so like i knew some buddies in um fairbanks but they're i mean they work up there and they couldn't take a week or whatever off at that short notice and um uh so yeah i went up there but like i brought a rifle and bear spray to be like safe and had a uh like a gps responder or uh like messenger so i could still talk to people if i wanted mm-hmm. um but yeah that first day like actually really nice weather um probably like 50 degrees out this is beginning of august 50 degrees out uh there's still a little bit of snow up on the top of the mountains but um pretty nice and one thing that is crazy about that area is again like in the summer it's 24 hours of sunlight but it really explodes with life so the and there's that's why there's like a ton of bugs is because there's permafrost and there's standing water so like mm-hmm. bugs spawn in water typically or like flies do mm-hmm so you get hundreds and hundreds of birds that come up there to like feast or like um to uh like reproduce like um what is i don't remember the exact name of it but there's a bird that flies all the way from antarctica to gates of the arctic Hmm. and that so gates the arctic is the national park that encompasses the brooks range uh and you can look up some pictures at it too it it looks insane and it is insane but uh i'll say this that like looking at it online versus like being there in like a bad storm or you know it's two different things like right it's absolutely gorgeous but once you're there like reality kicks in and it, it's not something you're looking at uh, with like color adjusted pictures and it's right. like the real deal but um yeah so uh, it really explodes with life and uh a lot of that life is bugs so like that was one thing i was surprised at because initially i went up there with a t-shirt hiking and i don't have a super heavy pack probably like 55 pounds 50 pounds mm-hmm. um but the bugs were gnarly that first day because it was it was warm enough when it gets below like 45 then the bugs will kind of calm down but I mean, there's probably 50 mosquitoes on my shoulder. Hmm. Like in there, I had a, actually I had the one, I had that, uh, that, uh, like the, that uh, north, north face pullover that I have now. I had that on like a quarter zip and then a t-shirt and they're still biting me. Unreal. Like, yeah, wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then I brought a mosquito now. I probably would have like, I probably would have turned around right there if I didn't have a mosquito net. Cause I knew that the bugs are going to be kind of gnarly, but, um, just another level. Like, yeah. And anyone that, anyone that's been to Canada or <clears throat> Alaska, or, um, where there's like permafrost or like, there's so many bugs hmm. in the summer and they can attest to that. But, uh, yeah, first day went out and, um, 
from Anatovic Pass went eastward and initially so there's a lot of stuff that happened that first day but the weather again was nice and one of the things is within the mountains too because of the the change in pressure systems and um the change in pressure systems like the weather can change really quickly Mm -hmm. up in the mountains as it can like in um like in that area so like one of the days it was woke up and it was snowing and then it was nice and sunny out and the birds were chirping mm-hmm. and then it was the hardest rain I ever experienced in my life like uh blew my mind like but that on that first day i walked out and something that was like um uh really like took me back is like a reality check i'll say that yeah like a reality check is I was just walking and a lot of this in the, in the tundra, there's no trees. It's above the tree line. So you have like willows and like alger, alger bushes and, um, like shrubs and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but there's no like big trees. It's, it's kind of like a flat landscape and you're walking on this, um, you're walking on this mattress cause it's permafrost. So it's, it's really spongy and kind of hard to like put power down, Mm -hmm. especially if you're carrying weight. And your feet get soaked. So that was like something I learned when I was up there too. Is I, I went through with like a, a decent pair of uh, hiking boots, but really the way to do it up there in the summer is people wear tennis shoes yeah. and they, they wear waterproof socks, hmm. which I didn't even heard of like hmm. up until that time. I met some people up there, but um, yeah, these socks go up to your up to like almost your knee and they're vented at the top but they're a gore-tex sock so like they would be doing river crossings that like like weren't super deep because if the water goes above your knee then it like gets down into the sock but as long as it doesn't touch the venting at the top of the socks your feet stay dry Hmm. it's yeah it's wild so they'd have tennis shoes on um wearing these gore-tex socks but uh yeah so like a reality check though so i was i was hiking and there's just a there's just a it looked like a caribou spine but just a caribou spine the meat's still on it so Mm. like fresh just sitting there in the open field and i was like oh dang like probably a bear or maybe some wolves that got it but yeah um like a reality check like you know you're not the only one up here that's um you're not the only one up there that's uh like you know um hiking but uh that first day so i was i was uh going down this i'll I'll call it a half pipe because a lot of the the mountains were carved out by glaciers and um you're looking down like this half pipe of mountains of and it's just so immense like there's nothing there too like it's so desolate but just it's just a crazy landscape it's like hard to describe yeah are you looking at it right now i am it's 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 cool looking uh how far from and again we'll jump around and we'll go back i want to go back to right where you're at in the story but just so i get a reference of a scale how far from that pass did you end up going then so uh round trip like 50 miles but initially i was going to go down to this and i had no intentions of climbing it but there's a really cool mountain uh it's called mount dunarak okay and that's actually where the gates of the arctic are so 
there's a it's called boreal mountain and fridge frigid crag hmm. and those two mountains they like they're kind of uh, distinct looking but they create like this gate you you call it so it's like a big half pipe okay and maybe that's not the best way to describe it but um is are you, do you kind of know what i mean when i say half pipe i think so yeah yeah. Like when you're looking down, like the mountains form like a big valley, yeah. like a huge valley, like miles wide and yeah. like 20, 30 miles long. Like sure. sometimes as far as the eye can see. Right. Right. I might be, and again, we can even, we can edit out the transition here, but the, uh, here's the pass oh, yeah, right here. Yeah. So were you working your way that down here, like Southeast of you're looking here sideways at this, uh, picture here and I'm looking. Oh, yep. So here's the pass here. Yeah. So where you you're looking so looking from the northwest northeast looking southwest no so I'd, i was going left on the picture but okay um and then i was going to go down like yep. here's the it looks like here's the hall road right here i'm assuming yep exactly yeah, yeah. uh so you're heading kind of towards the hall road yep exactly okay. and that's actually so the only people i met on the whole kind of adventure were uh people that were traversing from the dalton highway the okay. hall road and then they were going to they were going to anatovic pass to fly out sure so they're, they're doing this traverse over the mountains of like approximately 100 miles but they're out there for they're out there for 10 days hmm. and they didn't see anyone so other than you hey yeah so super desolate but it worked out kind of it worked out kind of good because i like we we met in passing and uh like i went out farther but then the weather got really bad so then i turned around um like a couple days so we met and then the next day i went out farther and um i made out out to ernie's ernie's pass and that's the uh that's the arctic divide so the arctic divide everything north of ernie's pass drains into the arctic ocean and then everything south of ernie's pass uh drains into be the yukon river okay and then that goes out to like cots uh kotzebue hmm. peninsula like mm -hmm. out to the the uh never uh west out to the west of alaska but um yeah the uh uh, on that first day though so uh i actually didn't meet them on arena was it the first day um no i didn't actually meet anyone on the first day that that first day so i went out there and again really i didn't i didn't see any wildlife the the first day but okay. i'd have to do like river crossings because they're like there's huge mountains and they still have snow up at the top so they're they're still running water coming out of them um, and that was kind of a pain cause you have to take your boots off and then get across the river. And, um, yeah. So like the whole point of this trip is I, I wanted to do some mountain climbing and then check out this mountain dunerack, mm -hmm. like with no intentions of climbing it. Cause I really wasn't prepared for it or like, I didn't have the gear for it. It's a, yeah, you can, it's a D O O N E R A K. Yeah, Dunarak, Mount Dunarak. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Did in you make winter, it to there? 
No, no. Okay. So yeah, I'll yeah I'll uh, get into. But the weather turned pretty bad. Okay. But um. Now I went there in August, so there should have been like twenty, like twenty hours of sunlight, or quite a bit of sunlight. But with the uh, it was it was cloudy out. It got really cloudy out, so it still ended up getting kind of dark out. But towards the end of the day, so I did a, a number of river crossings, and. I'm getting up to this like really thick, um, like blueberry bushes, like uh, like a thick patch of blueberry bushes and um, algers and uh, willows and like I'm like man I really do not want to go through that like it's probably half a mile of like thick bush hmm. and up until this point I was just traveling on I mean it looks like grass it looks like grass but it's like permafrost and um you have these things tussocks that are um they like stick up out of the ground and they kind of make it hard to like travel on it it's like uh you have like swamp beneath it and then you have these tussocks that like stick up and they're little sprouts of grass um and so it makes it kind of hard to like you're you're constantly twisting your ankle or or like falling in between these tussocks into the like this swampy ground below but yeah um like the willow bushes are just like one step further and i was like man i did not want to go through there so i start like going um i start going uh up towards the mountains so there's less water less vegetation and less bushes and eventually i'm like all right screw this i'm just gonna cross the river right here um so i hadn't even got to the river yet but um I'm walking and I don't, I wouldn't say I had like an eerie feeling or anything, but, um, there was like huge, there was a couple of huge bear dookies and I was like, oh, okay, all right, like we're in bear country. And, and so I was making noise and, and the thing up there too, it's, it's not like, like bears don't eat people like unless, well, they don't eat people at all, but, uh, well, polar bears do, but not, not, mm-hmm. uh, not brown bears. Um, unless like, you know, you startle them or, or, uh, walk up on one of their cubs or something. And, and even more so in the Arctic, uh, brown bears are really like, they don't know what humans are. Like humans lived up there in small populations, but they, they never like, there hasn't been like much, um, like, uh, they're just like very precarious to humans because mm-hmm. they don't really know what like humans are up there. Um, and like, I, I read this, asked people about it, you know, uh, just to be safe. But, um, you know, so I didn't start on anything. I was, I was, uh, I think I was playing music on my phone or some, yeah, I was just listening to music out loud, but, uh, it was kind of dark out. It was probably seven, 7 PM. And I get closer to this river and this huge grizzly just stands up probably 30 feet in front of me hmm. and i'm like geez and i got a rifle i got my rifle ready but um you know if it did charge me or something but uh yeah it just stood up and then took off and i was like but it was it happened pretty quickly it was right in front of me i didn't even see it because of the alger bushes yeah and so i'm walking up like 
like if that thing just if i didn't if i wasn't playing music or didn't like alert it in some way i, I would have just literally walked right into it right um so yeah and and like you talk about i know you like to talk about mindset and psychology which is which is cool and i love that yeah. and that was one time it, it's only happened twice in my life and it might have been you know fight or flight on another level but um that was one time where like uh like the level of awareness like mm. like hard it's yeah it's hard to describe but the um like the level of awareness i had where uh like everything was silent like ringing in my ears and i could like look at the water running and then be able to hear the water like be able to like hone in on stuff and like be completely um aware of like where i was at and like on my surroundings but i wasn't like it was yeah i wasn't scared or anything i was just like super aware like all right so like this is serious you know um i don't want to do that again yeah <laughs> but uh so i went up i ended up going farther north and got up out of the bushes a little i still had to go through the bushes again but um uh did a river crossing one of the deeper ones too and like how you kind of measure the depth of a river is you take like a rock if there's like one by you, like a big rock and you throw it as hard as you can into the center of it and then you know see where it splashes and hits the bottom mm -hmm. um so i did that a couple times and it was still kind of deep and then finally i got far enough up the river because if you can't go through a river you can always go around it so i was able to get up um do that river crossing and then I ended up sleeping on top of this ridge. So I climbed probably like a thousand feet up to this top of this ridge. Um, and then that's really where I was like, okay, is this really smart? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you're going out there, you're looking for like adventure. You're looking for like, it looks like we talked about, like the pictures look insane, amazing, but um, reality is a little different, you know? And at that time, I mean, I still, you know, I had a rifle and bear spray and everything, but, um, yeah, I was like, is this smart? And then, and it really wasn't, uh, it really wasn't like that dangerous, but, um, when you are kind of, when you are far away from, uh, when you are far away from like, uh, civilization, we'll say that, you know, uh, you're a lot more of like aware of like anything like if you roll your ankle or something you know you can always hit like the that uh it's it's called a zolio but mm -hmm. um that like gps responder you can always hit the sos button but then it, you know like in that case like yeah you're gonna be fine like but you know say you get swept away by a river or something like forget about it like um that could be really dangerous so mm -hmm. like just being super cautious and and then it gets into like okay yeah like is this smart and then then i was more apt to be like okay um because at the end of the day like it's just for adventure it's like for like this is cool like there's not really any point to it so like right. once it becomes like uh reckless then it's like all right i need to reconsider and head back and that's like kind of what happened later is um 
once I got farther into the like tundra, the weather started getting really bad, and I was like, okay, I'm not really set up for this, so um, I'm gonna turn around and go back. But yeah, that was the first day. So that first day, I was like, wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like in in the thing that was crazy too is like when I first went there, like 50 degrees out, sunny, like you know, birds are chirping. There's a million mosquitoes, but it's nice out, you know, and you're like, wow, like this is what all the pictures look like. And then, you know, you get farther down the valley and or farther into the mountains and then the weather, uh, it snowed that night. So when we were talking beginning of August, like 30 degrees out. Yeah. And yeah, then it, you know, slowly becomes more serious, but that was the first day. Um, and then the uh the second day kind of similar but i changed my so originally i was i was traveling um next to the river the anatovic river and um a guy i'd met in the plane he's a surveyor and he spent his whole life in alaska hmm. not his whole life but the majority of it surveying right these villages it was kind of um it's kind of good timing they were on the same small plane because there's like six passengers on this plane. Hmm. But he was like, you know, tell me about it. You know, like he's been doing it for 20, 30 years, like never had a bad encounter with the bear. And like he's, he stuck a bear in the nose with his hiking pole one time, like trying to get through the bush, like accidentally hit a bear in the face with his hiking pole and the thing just ran off. So he's like, yeah, like, you don't got to worry about it. So right. that was like reassuring when I first went there. But um, he was like, yeah, follow the river. Like, I would stay close to the river, but then the more reading I did, it, it says to like get the high ground. Okay. You know, you don't want to be looking small under a bear, but um, yeah. So then after that, I, I quit following the river, uh, and then I was following the ridge line on top of the mountain. Um, but I ended up running into some hikers the second day. So mm-hmm. there was a group of five hikers that were traversing the the brooks range from the dalton highway so they took a they took a um like a shuttle up oh. the dalton highway okay and then they traversed across to anatovic pass huh. how far away from I, i'm curious about that encounter for some reason that seems interesting how far yeah. away from you were they when you seen each other and then was it like hey walk towards each other and say hello or you stumble into each other or what was that like oh yeah yeah so um that was they're probably and like another thing when in like that vast landscape stuff does seem closer okay. kind of like when people are at on water yeah. and they're like oh yeah this this boat or island or whatever looks like you know like a couple hundred yards away when in reality it's like a couple miles but mm-hmm. um we were probably we were probably a mile away okay yeah so like they were uh they were down by the river and I was up on the ridge line and like we waved to each other and then I hiked down there to say hi. Yeah. And um yeah, we uh we um it was it was like so cool cuz they're like I can't believe you're out here and I was like I can't believe you're out here. Like right. what are you guys doing? <laughs> and uh. um yeah, it was just hilarious. Yeah, for some reason that picture would be hilarious. Like he just. I like, actually, hey. have, I'll show you the picture. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can show you after. It's it's like the funniest picture. We're all like like, <laughs> we're all like just 
yeah, it's just hilarious. But um, I was like, still, I was like, all right, um, they're going to Anantuvu Pass. Um, you know, I'm trying to check out a little bit more of the scenery. Um, so we we hung out for probably 15 minutes, but um, then we went on our way. So yeah. they they were going back to where I flew into, and then I was going the opposite way. So yeah, we just we passed, but um. Yeah, then after that, that day, I went out to Ernie's Pass. And in total, I did roughly 25 miles uh, of hiking. Mm -hmm. Um, But, again, the weather deteriorated pretty quickly. So at the time, it was kind of like... it's kind of like uh, a little snow in the morning, but then not too bad, like cloudy and, and a little overcast. But um, once I started getting farther in there, so on that on that map, you can kind of see it makes like an L, right? Mm-hmm. So like I went out to the west and then it goes south to right. Mount Dunarak and the actual gates of the Arctic a little bit farther south. Yeah. And once I got to Ernie's Pass, it was it was a surreal moment like um looking looking down that half pipe and there's just a huge calm of uh rain Hmm. like it was like just like a wall like a wall of um rain and it's sleet it was sleeting sideways but it wasn't that bad at at first and then i I went down and like right on this uh arctic divide I went down at a poncho on and I stuck my head inside my poncho and pulled out my phone and hooked up the GPS messenger and checked the weather. And for the next three days, it was supposed to snow. Hmm. And this is like beginning of August. Like, and not just like, like in, if it's like cold snow or it doesn't melt, like that's not that bad. But when it's like 30 degrees and everything's going to get soaked, like that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was going to be. So it was going to be snow for like three days and then uh, in rain. And I was like, man, this sounds like it's going to suck. And the tent I brought. So originally I was going to bring like my normal army tent, which weighs kind of a lot. It weighs probably like eight pounds. And just use that. But then I was like trying to be extra light. So I brought this like my mom had this like $20 Amazon tent. And I was like, holy like you care if I use that and she's like no you can use it and it was super light it was more of like a bivy cover for your sleeping bag mm-hmm. but the thing was just not waterproof hmm. so like um on the third night the thing I woke up and there's not even exaggerating there's probably like half a gallon of water at the bottom hmm. like just pooled up in it from like getting into it and then it had a better job of like keeping water in it than it did at like keeping water out of it <laughs> yeah but um, yeah, so then I was looking down at it and I was like, yeah, this is not smart, like not super prepared. And at the time, up up until that point too, uh, there wasn't really any trees, you know, so you're looking at this vast landscape and you really see everything and it's like, it's, um, it, it's just insane. But, you know, you get farther down into the valley and now you're doing like these really deep gorges. There's there's one really deep gorge, and then it gets into really thick tundra. Hmm. And I like I realized I was like, yeah, I'm not set up for this. And it's not smart to doing this solo. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so then I turned around at that point and that day, that day I put on 25 miles hmm. and, um, it was, it was kind of crazy. Like as I was hiking out of the valley, out of that first part, cause it took a couple days to get out of there. But, um, like the, the, this weather calm was just following me the whole time. Like just, you you kind of see like, you see like, um, really, uh, like uh, strong rain, you know, where you right. can like see it for miles. You see like a wall, like that's what it was. Like this huge wall, just like downpour, like right behind me for probably, I hiked maybe 16 or 15 hours that day. Mm-hmm. And for like half the day that just followed me the entire time. And hmm. it was, yeah, it was, it was a good time and to not get stuck in that is again, like it would just suck. Like, and I wouldn't like get hypothermia or anything like that. I had like enough gear to be like safe, but um, yeah, it had just been sucky to be stuck in that absolute downpour. And I ended up, and I actually ended up uh, linking up with them like on the way back. Like, uh, like I stayed up up on this ridge again. I stayed by this river or by this uh, big lake like a hanging lake so it was like arctic water or uh, glacial water that like created a lake up in the mountains so i stayed there camped out really nice spot and then the next day hit it again did um a river crossing to get to the other side of anatovic pass because before and that's kind of initially when i first started out like the very first day when i was looking down this huge valley like there was a there was a ton of vegetation on the right side of it, and uh, it was a sunny, beautiful day out. And I was like, yeah, you know, it'd probably be smarter to take the left side to like stay away from all this dense vegetation. But I was just lazy. Like I was like, I don't want to take my boots off and do this river crossing. And the river crossing, it it's not a quarter mile wide like total. It's a quarter mile wide total, but it's not like a river that's a quarter mile wide, but it's it's a quarter mile of like smaller rivers and then gravel bars and then smaller sure. rivers. So like you're taking your boots off or put them back on. And then um, on the way back, I, I didn't put them back on. And that was probably one of like the most painful things in my life. Like, um, yeah, but like I'll touch on that like when like later towards the end of that but the um on that when i first went out there um i made the mistake of not going on the other side and then i had the it was just harder terrain to go through and then the bear encounter and and Mm -hmm. so on the way back i I did a river crossing got to the other side and on the way way out um uh i ended up running into those same hikers again and uh, we went out, uh, we linked up and then we just hiked out together. But, um, yeah, the, the weather, it was crazy. So that morning it was, uh, so I, I'd spent a night at that glacial lake camping out and then I was hiking back and, and the, um, it was snowed out that night. And then in the morning, the sun was out and birds were chirping and it was, again, it was like kind of like the a couple of days prior, like it was like almost fairy tale. I was like, this is just so cool. Right. And then, um, later in the day, I ended up, 
they actually they spotted me as i was hiking and and, and it's pretty hard to miss each other because you're walking down this huge valley like there's nothing else you know it's kind of like this big uh like um flatland um but then of course next to the river you have all these like really thick vegetation but then uh it's kind of funny too because i told them when i was passing i was like hey this part has like a lot of uh there's a lot of bear activity like here and and there's some over here like so just like word of thought you know if you, i wouldn't camp there like mm-hmm. you know if you could avoid it whatever but uh they they thought they had passed the spot that i talked about and they were literally camping like on exactly probably 100 feet away hmm. from uh um where i had the bear encounter but um yeah so we we hiked out together and then later that day so woke up snowed kind of like really sunny out really nice and then later that day it rained so hard like blew my mind like i had a poncho on too and i was soaked like all the way from my boots to um like my entire my entire body was absolutely soaked and yeah talk about like uh like the river crossing so I think it had to do partially because like my boots were uh or my feet were like tied up real tight in my boots and uh i lost a, a couple toenails just from like the pressure so like i took my boots off and a couple like my big toes were black hmm. like from um like just the pressure of being in like tight boots and then like hiking so much and so that in combination with the river crossing across like like I said, like a quarter mile of, of like gravel bars and probably thigh deep rivers, like not, not really not dangerous rivers, but, um, man, would that, that was rough. Yeah. Like, and, and I was kind of like, I wasn't going to have anyone else carry my stuff, but like we got halfway and I was like, and everyone else had their tennis shoes on. So they're just running through this, like, you know, and I was like, Hey man, can you carry my pack just for this like next few hundred yards? Cause my feet were busted. Huh. Um, but no, then we, then we hiked out, we got back down at Tuvik pass, set up, uh, set up camp. And then, um, I flew out the next day after that. But yeah, that's one of the, you probably know from, camp, uh, from hunting, like that sucks. Like sleeping in, um, sleeping in wet gear you know yeah i haven't done a ton of it not even enough to have that real wet experience yeah Yeah. but it was again like that was like that was like a turning point of like this is like some really cool stuff like um but to be like better prepared Mm -hmm. like um yeah and i think that's why i was like it was just like really out of the realm of anything i'd done before like really pushed out of my like comfort zone to like do that because before even with um even with like a lot of like mountain climbed climbs and stuff like in colorado or i've done quite a few in the summer and then some in the winter even like as harder and most of them really aren't that hard but um you're always like you're close to uh, like civilization like you always got apart from like you have to worry about avalanche risk and like factor that in and if you're going to do like a mountain or like a winter mountain mountain climb but um you always have like a safety net you know Mm -hmm. and and i'll say like i did too with like having a gps messenger and and 
it really like wasn't that dangerous, but you're you're more so like exposed to like anything that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going out there in that raw wilderness and and um, uh, yeah, it was just it was so wild. And I thought about that for, I mean, not even exaggerating, like probably like at least every week mm-hmm. for like a year. I thought like, wow. And, and, uh, would you like go online and just look at every picture I could possibly look at? Um, but then also having that knowledge of like, yeah, it looks very fairy tale, but you know, there's a, like, it's a, a serious, serious like place to be traveling and, 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 uh, checking out, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was like the, probably one of the, not craziest, maybe I'll say craziest, just one of the coolest things I've, I've done. Right. Um, yeah. Blew my mind, but nothing like all the other adventures at that point had just been, um, like with buddies or, or, uh, like they weren't even in the same realm, mm-hmm. so, you know, it kind of like. And that's maybe why I was like more like after that, I was way more fascinated in um, what those like old explorers did. Cause yeah. I got like, I got a taste of it. Not even like, not even on the same planet, but for sure those people spend years living out of that wilderness. And um, it's just, yeah, it, that like, then it really blew my mind and, and you know, just uh, kind of, get a little glimpse of it but mm-hmm. yeah that so that one book i'd i'd mentioned like the the man who ate his own boots like that uh like such a good book on you know uh the raw wilderness and and um just the crazy crazy adventures in the arctic mm-hmm. uh, but then endurance too I, I don't know if you've heard of endurance that one's pretty popular it's probably like the most popular yeah i think i have um, endurance yeah so it was it was um ernest shackleton took a they were going to do a trans how was it? they were going to do a trans antarctic expedition so they were going to start at one end of antarctica and then go to the other end um and it just like it just uh blew up so they they got trapped in sea ice their sh- uh, their ship got crushed by sea ice, so then they lived off an iceberg, like hunting seals for like a year, mm-hmm. and then they floated on this <clears throat> iceberg, and then they had they had taken a couple of these small like twenty foot boats from um from the from like the main ship before it got crushed up, and they they sailed those to uh sailed and rowed these open boats open boats in the uh. Antarctic waters. I think it was the Weddell Sea, the Weddell Sea, because there's like the Ross Sea and the Weddell Sea. I'm pretty sure it's the Weddell Sea. Um, but they they sailed this out to Elephant Island. This absolutely like, I mean, it just goes straight up out of the water. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. you'll it'll blow your mind. Elephant Island in hmm. the Antarctic, and they uh, they had to sail around this, and they finally found a spot to land of like 100 feet wide this tiny little spit Mm -hmm. on this island and they took the eight strongest people they took the eight strongest people 
and they took one of these again it's an open boat 20 foot open boat and they sailed it to saint georgia i believe it's saint george island okay. it's like between south america and, and africa but it's it's something like 800 miles from elephant island huh. and they sailed this open boat in uh these icy conditions like they have to they'd have to bang off ice on the on the boat and then they got to um saint george saint georgia saint georgia south georgia south georgia yeah yeah, yeah that's what it is south georgia yeah, South Georgia Island. So they get there, and then that's not even the end of it. They're on, and and the whole time they're uh, they're at risk of overshooting South Georgia Island. So if they overshoot South Georgia Island, then mm-hmm. they're then they're going to Africa, hmm. and like they're probably not going to survive. So like right. all their their all not only their lives but their crew lives because they're all they're sitting at um, they're living at Elephant Island like hundreds and hundreds probably thousands of miles away from maybe not thousands but at least a thousand mile away from south america you know an insane distance like they're trapped there so they're relying on ernest shackleton and his seven guys to bring help back um so they land on south georgia island uh and then that's not even done so they're on the wrong side because they're they're at risk of being blown away from it if they try to go around to the mm. front of it mm-hmm and so now they got to do like this um this overland expedition and they're traveling 20 30 40 50 miles um over these mountains and crevasses to get to the whaling station on the other side and and they do end up getting there and and everyone survives Hmm. it's like a crazy story of um human endurance and it's kind of cool because the ship was actually named endurance before it um, you know, right. destroyed, but before they actually had to have the endurance to, to make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah. Um, and, and that's gotta be like the most popular, um, uh, book in that kind of realm. Yeah. Have you listened to, uh, the meat, meat eater podcast at all? I, don't know, I haven't actually a hunting podcast, but he'll have on this author that has written several of these books. They're fascinating. Uh, that when he goes through some of these expeditions and talking about the people and the, again one where the guy like the main dude deserted his whole crew and left them and stuff like this like crazy stories but the guy the author of a lot of these books goes on there and talks you know again he's been on there three or four times i think but yeah crazy the when you were <clears throat> like on this on this uh a lot the first one that you talked about where you've seen the bear and then now you just went back up there when you when you just went up there again were you solo yeah yeah okay. yeah so um yeah this was uh earlier um and there was there was one um i was potentially gonna go with one of my buddies but um it didn't end up working out and i was like again kind of same thing last minute like Mm -hmm. i hadn't really planned it i was like hey do you want to go up and do this um yeah. I guess I'm curious when you are solo, where do you go mentally? Like, are you just thinking about where you're hiking? Are you just thinking about, Hey, I got to get around here. I got to do this. Like in that environment, is it so mentally engaging that you're not like daydreaming or do you get to the point where you're like, you know, almost meditating as you're hiking? Yeah. No, it's, uh, no, I would say I'm more like just thinking about like what I'm going to do. Okay. Like I'm not really, um, it is a different mental state. I will say that's like, 
a few times. Like I, I don't really journal because I, I don't know. I just like, eh. but I, I will because there's not as much stuff to do up there. I'll be like, I'll bring a, a, a journal, but mm-hmm. um, no, it really doesn't like change. I'd say that you're more you're more apt to do risky stuff when you're in a group for sure. So like by myself, I'm more uh, definitely um, risk adverse versus like like when um, like when we would do like me and my buddies um, any type of like uh, like insane climb or anything like we would not put nearly we put maybe like 10 minutes of thought into it mm-hmm. like yeah and whereas this uh a lot more like risk adverse just because you know you don't have that uh safety net or like those other other people but right. um yeah really as like you're saying like mindset not doesn't it wouldn't really change honestly yeah um i do like i do like i'll turn off my phone because i can text people with like that gps responder but um i'll turn off my phone just because like you know i don't if i'm up there i don't want to be no right you know you're kind of yeah you're you want to disconnect for a little bit for a few days at least but that's um, (laughs) that's the funny part for me like for some reason the 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 first story the hilarious part is seeing the people like you're almost trying to get away from people and then here's people you're like hey people yeah yeah yeah. and that was actually that was the crazy thing too on that first trip is like yeah i went out there i turned off my phone like because i'd taken some snapchats of like when i was flying in and yeah and anatovic pass has 4g so like you could uh you could be watching youtube videos and mm-hmm. doing whatever you want but um yeah i had uh some snapchats coming in and i was like all right i'm gonna turn this off like i'll get back to it like yeah. you know in a week when i come back and then after that first day of hiking when i saw that group of hikers the second day i was like they we were like best buds like, yeah. we were laughing like we were slapping yeah. hands. We we're like <laughs> i can't believe like it was just hilarious and then on the way back like it was like we had knew like knew each other from like the time we were in diapers. Like yeah. it was, it was, it was actually. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that is like, you know, I, I mean, humans are very social animals. Yeah, and um, yeah. Sometimes you're like, man, I want to get away from everyone, just take a break. But uh, then yeah, you do realize you're like, you know, uh, yeah. people are great, right? But right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was funny because that yeah that, i was like yeah this is so cool just solo like doing all this stuff and then the next day like when i saw the group of hikers i was like what like yeah. awesome but um yeah yeah no but the, the, i'm curious for you like where you go to mentally because even I, I i haven't i've never i've talked about this before i've never spent a night alone in the woods, wilderness, whatever. I've mm. never spent a night by myself, but either way, I go a lot of day hunting by myself. So picture an out west, I go do a lot yeah. of bow hunting uh, and I'm in this landscape. So you hike a mile or two to this high point, you're glassing, whatever else. And you're from there, you're making stocks, you're going in mm. on deer. And even though I'm only a mile or two from whatever the road, but like you look out this vast landscape, I might as well be in the middle of the Arctic is how I picture it, right? right? Like you romanticize it, whatever, right? But either way, so when you're there, you're there by yourself, you're hunting. 
I, when I'm with a friend, it, it's enjoyable. I really enjoy it, but you're more like laughing and joking and mm-hmm. it's more about the relationship between you and the friend, right? 100%, yeah. uh, whereas when I'm by myself, it's like more about where am I, what am I doing? But it's also, you enter this different like pace almost, like you're just like, hey, yeah, just go here, do this, I'll stop, take a nap, whatever. I don't know, there's something about it when you're solo that I go into a space mentally that's hard to describe. Uh, but it's uh, it's uh, a <clears throat> like I walk away from it feeling like uh, very relaxed, mm-hmm. like I like almost like it must be borderline meditative or something. I don't know what it is. Like I walk away from it or during it, just in a different pace and a different mindset. Yeah, yeah. I I'll be honest. The. Uh, my mindset really doesn't change much mm. if I'm mm-hmm. being yeah, yeah if I'm being totally honest the uh, I I think I'm like kind of task orientated mm-hmm. so like regardless of what I'm doing like I'm like if it's like alright like I'd be like alright I'm gonna get back I'm gonna I had messed up my snowshoes a little bit from one of the climbs I was like I'm gonna fix my snowshoes I'm gonna boil some water um and then just do like a few things around like the camp I'd set up to, uh, but I was, I was, I don't know. I was, I was just focused on like the next, next task. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, um, I don't really go to like a, I'll be on it. Like I don't really go to like a meditative state. I think I do think a little more, but not, uh, yeah. yeah, not, um, I wouldn't say my mindset super changes. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if meditate is the right word, but I just noticed that like, I, I, I like try to more think. introspective maybe. Yeah. Like, could yeah. be, could be, but I just noticed that like, even like through the day, through that process, like at first, I don't know how your mind works, but for me, like I'm thinking about a lot of things. I got this work project. I got this mm-hmm. thing to do. I got this to do. I got this bill, whatever. At first I'm thinking about that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. then by the end of the day, I've worked through all that. Now yeah. I'm just hiking having fun enjoying it and i and i walk away i'm just more at peace or more calm or something like that so it's not like i'm intentionally doing that i just realized through the process that i'm i've worked through maybe some of the the things that are running through my mind at that that current time or whatever Mm -hmm. um yeah the uh yeah um the the mountain climbing or like the physical aspect of stuff puts me in like a different state i'll say that like regardless of where i'm at if like um like when i was just up and that's something i did notice when i was up there and maybe because i haven't uh done any mountaineering in like a year prior to that um well that's actually no i did not i I did some mountaineering a couple months before that but um like when i when i got to the top of the thing top of the mountain i was um, like in a not a lucid state but you're kind of like your endorphins are rushing and, and mm-hmm. you're like in a um, like you're like you're very relaxed right so I'll say that like so but that really doesn't change if like you're doing it by yourself or you're with someone else or with a group sure um, but as far as like the um, doing something solo like not really no Mm -hmm. like my mindset pretty much stays the same and that's like focused on like what i'm gonna do next or like what i what i like plan or 
Yeah. What about fear? Like at night? I mean, like, would you get that? I guess it was it was light most of the time that first trip or whatever else. But you, again, I've never spent a night alone. Yeah. Yeah. The first trip, I'll be honest, just because I never had like, I mean, I've encountered black bears and stuff. But again, like you're, you're, um, um, you're like, you're in the you know, you're driving to Lock LaBelle or something, you're going to Copper Harbor and like, oh, you see a black bear, like, mm-hmm. oh, like holy, holy wah. Right. Or, or like, say you're hiking, you see one, like not a huge deal, but like oh. solo that like, again, like, like being risk adverse, like out there, you, you know, um, then that changes it, you know? Like if you're, when I was with a group of people without, when I was with like five, six, like, wasn't even on my mind like mm-hmm. we there's bear dookies like in the middle of the trail like you know he can't attack all of us like right. i got like we'll be fine you know but when you're by yourself you're like okay um uh like it's more it's riskier so that i'll say that yeah like um being aware of that like you're more aware of um Um, like the uh, the like bears or whatever, like sure. potential risks. You're more aware of potential risks, but um, like this last trip I did, there really is like all the bears are hibernating up there. There's wolves, but like they're more apt to be your your become like your friend hmm. and try to attack you, but um. Yeah, it was the when I went up there this time. It was it was like a lot more like relaxing, and I was like, there wasn't like one point where I was like, you know, like oh, should I not eat my tent? Because like that first trip, like didn't eat my tent or anything, you know, so I didn't have like any critters or bears or stuff try to like go in my tent. But right. that second one, um, like the one I just went on. Uh, yeah, I just ate, ate my tent and yeah, I didn't really think anything of it. And mm-hmm. like the the only thing that, um, and this is probably um, even at this point, um, I was like, you're probably overthinking it. The only one of the risks was like, okay, so it's like could get really cold out. Like that's one thing potentially, like frostbite or something. But um, wolves, there's there's a uh, for some reason in the Arctic, a lot of the, a lot of the wolves up there have rabies. Hmm. It's kind of, if I, if I remember correctly, it's cause they eat a lot of foxes and the foxes carry the, the rabies virus or something. Okay. Um, so that was one thing I was like, okay, so if I do encounter a wolf, like I'll just, I'll, uh, add a pistol on me. I'll just kill it if it gets close. But, um, as far as like, no, that that was the only thing I was like aware of, but um, no, there's not there's not really that can that's dangerous up there in the winter. Yeah, how many nights did you go just now when you got when you only just got two? Back okay, yeah, it's three days, uh, two nights, and actually kind of similar to what happened before is um, the weather got bad and like yeah. it started snowing out a bit, and then um, it was going to be like negative thirty, and I was like, I don't really 
feel like sleeping at night of 30 mm-hmm. for uh, right um, so yeah i am uh i'm curious about the second trip that you went on but i before we get into that uh how much of the gear rabbit hole had did you go down before you went that like the first one you had it you, you said your mom's 20 dollar tent stuff like that right <laughs> since then have you gone pretty hardcore in, i'm fairly familiar enough to know that there's a lot of rabbit holes you can go down to and a lot of money you can spend to get super lightweight and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. did you have you gotten into that a little yeah a little bit but not a not i'll try to like uh i don't i don't buy the most expensive gear like the lightest gear typically um i'll like a- accumulate some of it over the years so like yeah um like the boots i just got mountaineering boots um maybe last yeah last year i bought them um so before that and that's that's one of the things like starting out like i just had a ton of like go 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 and like no brains Mm -hmm. like um uh i did like a motorcycle trip this is like the year like it was like a year before i graduated college i had a adventure motorcycle and uh packed with the bags and went around the went around the u.s and um i was gonna go climb mount rainier and i just had hiking boots like didn't even know anything about crampons or like anything like Mm -hmm. um like even in the realm of like gear you need like totally totally naive to like some of the gear but uh once i like learned more about it like i'd I mean, I didn't go out and buy like the most expensive gear, but just accumulated like, like kind of what you need over mm-hmm. the years. And then a lot of this stuff is um, like actually used that was issued to me by the army. Sure. So, like right. the tent, I used the, that, and the layering system that the the army has is actually pretty pretty legit. Hmm. Um, like the like the parka and and whatnot is rated for negative 50 so yeah so like the the gear is actually pretty good and including the sleeping bag like i the sleeping bag i used it didn't get super cold like maybe i don't know if i said this but maybe zero degrees okay maybe a little bit like negative five like not insanely cold but later in that week it did get down to negative 30 and and actually when i was back in fairbanks it was like negative 30 out but um that sleeping bag, like I was toasty, like hmm. I was, I was almost sweating in it. Like the gear is actually really good. It, the only downside is it's typically like heavy, like right. it's heavier, like more uh, heavy duty than like what you buy on online. But mm-hmm. okay, yeah. so then the, the next trip is that you had you were taking a sled behind yeah. you, you said okay. yeah. So uh, again, it was kind of uh, like uh, kind of spontaneous. I'd so from that first trip i'd left some gear up there that i still needed to get and um yeah there's there's a me and one of my my buddies are are also looking at potentially getting a like an investment property up there in fairbanks Mm -hmm. or uh or anchorage so then i was i went up there too to kind of check out some houses but also you know i wanted to go back up to the brooks range and see it in the winter and uh um yeah so i I went up there for three days not a super long trip but um 
the from from Fairbanks it's like a seven eight hour drive and it's it's not super desolate like it's not super um what's the word uh it is desolate it's extremely desolate but there's um there's still people there's there's truckers that use that road mm-hmm. the Dalton Highway uh, like quite extensively so you're not like the only one up there you're the only person up there you know running through the woods but mm-hmm. you're not uh you're not like alone up there by any means but um yeah there's there's some crazy people out there like there's a there's a guy that rode his bike his bicycle like not motorcycle like bicycle he rode it from prudhoe bay dead horse down to fairbanks so like that trip alone is like 10 hours in a car like this dude hopped on and and he did it in he did it in december so during december that area gets well in the summer it gets 24 hours of sunlight in the winter it gets 24 hours of darkness mm-hmm. so that dude that animal <laughs> was riding his bicycle down from the arctic ocean in the middle of winter months of darkness on a road that is just hauled that's just used by truckers huh. um yeah and uh i actually checked the weather before i went up there and Wiseman, probably a month before I went up there, it was a, it was a cold December. Wiseman was a negative 70 Unreal. with wind chill. With wind chill. Sure. Without wind chill, it might have been like negative 40, yeah. negative 30. But um, yeah, he said he got to, uh, he, he was from somewhere in Europe, I think Belgium or something. But he, uh, he got to Fairbanks and he said uh, he had done a bunch of these crazy trips too. But mm-hmm. um well, his are in another realm, but he uh, he said, yeah, that's the most brutal thing he's ever done in his life. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it seems kind of crazy, but. Yeah, so then you went out, uh, similar experience. I mean, you made it in there and then the weather turned you around. Yeah, yeah, weather, and and it wouldn't have been like, I was I was 10 times more prepared this time than okay. the first time I went. Um, but uh, yeah, it the weather just deteriorated and um, Uh, like you don't have a lot of daylight so like you have three hours of sun like hmm. it, at that time you know you know a month ago a month ago like the sun wasn't up for a month and a half two months mm-hmm. um whereas like now or in, in january um the sun would rise at like 11 and set at a little after two like two three o'clock yeah but when i say rise i mean like it like barely comes up over the horizon and just goes back down. Yeah. But the Northern lights were insane. So the Northern, and that's really like one of the big things I wanted to see was I've never seen the Northern lights. And there's a couple times where I try to go out there and, um, up here, you know, mm-hmm. you can see them up here occasionally, but, um, I wanted to see them like full fledged, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely wild. Like they would come up at, 9 p.m. So like literally right after the sun sets and actually a lot of auroras like there's this go on throughout the day but the sun's up so you can't see them like when you're up at those higher altitudes. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, they'd come up at, at 9 p.m. and then they'd still be out there at 6 a.m. so hmm. 9 hours of just auroras coming and going and mm-hmm. it was I mean it lit up the sky. So when I was up there too the it was during a new moon so there wasn't there wasn't any um 
there's no illumination from the moon the only thing but it was bright out because of the northern lights and yeah the stars um so that huh. was just was super cool i was gonna ask so you're hiking by headlamp but not because you have the northern lights basically and you can see or no yeah well one thing so the sun you have a there's uh, nautical twilight and then civil twilight which okay. is like before the sun comes up and because the, because the sun's like so close to where it actually rises you have like two hours of light before and after the sunset okay I gotcha. so you really have a little more than that yeah um but uh yeah i would use a headlamp in the early morning i'd get up at like maybe six o'clock or something mm -hmm. and then it takes a while to like boil water from snow so um like that first day I went out there pulled the sled and initially i was going to go to this cabin so we kind of like talked I don't know if this was recording or not, but there's a bunch of these small cabins throughout the Brooks range. And one of one of them is on this, uh, it's called summit Lake, but it's up in the mountains. Really, really cool. Like remote cabin. And that's what I was actually going to check out. Um, it would have been like 50 miles or so round trip, but, uh, like very, like very quickly. I, I like realized that, um, like the sled was not going to work. Yeah. Cause it was like, I probably had a hundred pounds of gear and, and it's not so much like, it wouldn't have actually been that bad. if it was just like, if I pulled it all day and then I went to, uh, and then I got done and then I went back to my house and took a shower and, you know, sat on the couch, like that wouldn't have been bad. But, um, I was sweating so much hmm. that like, if I was to pull that and sweat so much and then have it be negative 30 out, like I would have just, uh, like all my stuff would have been soaked. Yeah. And I like, yeah, it, it just would have been, it wouldn't have been impossible, but, and that kind of like, like looking back, the best way to do it, if you want to travel really long distances is like to go as light as possible with skis, hmm. not, not use snowshoes. Cause you're chomping through the snow drifts and then trying to pull that up. a like, like I would, I would walk and then, I'd basically just like bicep curl it forward, you know, like turn around, pull the sled a couple feet, uh, walk a couple more feet, pull it. And I'd do that for miles. And like, it's just not feasible to go 50 miles doing that. Right. Um, right. But I'd already gotten out there with all the gear. And, and so what I did was I, just, I set up, uh, I set up like a base camp and then um, there's a decent sized mountain that was uh, nearby that I climbed the next day and then I uh, came back down and, uh, I was going to scope out this other area and I did like just kind of explored around the day after and uh, um, and then on that third day the weather got pretty bad and um, yeah it was just really cool scene in the winter and I was I was content so I was like all right hmm. I'm gonna head out but yeah yeah that uh adventure bike US trip that you went on mm -hmm. that was by yourself or was that with yeah friends? yeah so it's actually like uh yeah that i've done three three kind of solo trips like that and that was like that third one okay and uh kind of <clears throat> similar three solo bike trips you're saying no just three solo trips of like any length okay i gotcha um, yeah so how long did you go for <clears throat> that one was three weeks in the summer hmm. yeah so it was like between my junior and uh junior and senior year and i was kind of trying to figure out like what i wanted to do um 
like with uh, with the army. So I was I was in ROTC. I was gonna graduate the next year, and this is like my between my junior and senior year, and the um, the like the window to like choose what you want to branch and what component you want to go if you want to go active duty or if you want to go guard or reserves like uh, that window closes once you start your senior year hmm. um, so you have to like put in your preferences and then you get picked or you don't but you get you get what you want or you don't it's kind of like a, like on where you rank depends hmm. but I was I was towards the top so um, I, I wasn't concerned about getting what I wanted or not I was pretty set on um, whatever I chose but uh, yeah I went out uh, went up and saw my brother in Maine and then um, met some went down to New Jersey and and uh, met some um, buddies that uh, I was friends with uh, when I first enlisted in, in like 2016 and we went to AIT. We lived in Virginia for, we did our training in Virginia together. So met them. And then I went down to uh, Georgia and I had some buddies that I met and uh, I went to airborne school mm -hmm. with the army and I had some buddies that I met uh, down there. So saw them and then went out to Oklahoma, did a little horse ride and then, then went to Colorado and did a little mountain climbing and, um, then went up to Glacier and I crashed my bike. I crashed mm. my bike up in, uh, how was it? So I had, when I took it up through the mountains, it was really dumb. I took it up through the mountains in Colorado and like beat the, beat the living H out of it. Like, and it was kind of one of those things where you start to get into something and you're like, I'm just going to keep going a little farther. Yeah. Like, so, uh, it's Mount Torrey. Mount Torian. Um, and I put it on Google Maps and what it did, Google Maps just took me on a logging road that was closest to Mount Tory. Hmm. It didn't take me on like the trailhead because there is a trail that people like take to hike to the top and it's a really easy trail to get up. And um, it, it instead, it took me on a, a logging trail which I didn't know. I was like, man, this is a really way, weird way. And I'm not seeing anyone out here. Mm. Like the guy that I talked to yesterday was like, yeah, this is a really popular hike, you know? And I'm on this like logging trail and I'm not seeing anyone. And I like, I took that, I took that, uh, it was, um, it was a BMW R1200 GS, like the big, they're like five, six, 500 pounds, 600. If you got a bunch of gear. Um, I took that thing like, places i wouldn't even take a dirt bike hmm. like it was just at it's honestly dumb and i ripped off one of the i ripped off one of the um tank bags or the one of like the um, the saddle bags on the hmm. back i like ripped it off because it hit a tree and then i pushed the oil or i pushed the um what it, i pushed the skid plate up into the oil filter mm -hmm. but it didn't puncture it thankfully hmm. like yeah i just oh and then so and I broke off the rear brake. So then my ABS quit working. Sure. And then, yeah, so then I was going up up to Glacier National Park to check it out. And I hit the brakes and just locked up the bike and just threw it down and um, busted up some stuff. But hmm. um, 
yeah and then i was up in glacier and i met some people up there and we did a bunch of really cool hikes and i can actually i can show you a couple pictures too yeah but yeah like i was telling you before i really don't uh i really don't talk like i don't want i don't want uh my mom to be like freaked out so i really don't tell anyone about um most of the trips there's a couple pictures i'll post and stuff but on like instagram or whatever but um yeah, most of the stuff was done safely. I'll just say that if if my mom ever yeah. hears this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah. What about the the mountain climbing side of things? Like, have you watched on Netflix the, like The Alpinist or? Yeah, yeah, I've seen that movie. That yeah. Or or what's the guy who uh, did the like the uh, the seven peaks in a year or twelve peaks in mm-hmm. a year or whatever? What one is that one called? You mm-hmm. remember that? Um. Like the highest peaks, the highest twelve peaks. Yeah, he did them like all in, in the 12. Himalayas. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like Himalayas. one of them's Everest. He did all these peaks. Like the the previous record for these peaks was over the course of like twelve years, and he did it all in one year or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I I I, I watched that. Yeah. It was like a Netflix documentary. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that stuff's wild. Like, um, yeah, that's like that stuff's like in a different realm because yeah. a lot of the stuff like doesn't like you get into like uh like where i'm at like with most of my stuff has been like them like they might be hard or it's like uh like some of the stuff is class five climbing mm-hmm. so like you should use be roped up and and whatnot but um I've, I've done the hardest i've done the hardest mountains in colorado with like capitals peak and i've done a couple of them in the winter too mm-hmm. um but once you start getting into, like, so those are 14,000 feet. Right. Once you start getting into, um, I mean, Everest is 28. So you start to get into, like, 19, 18, 19, 20,000. And really, uh, all the mountains in, in the U.S., they're capped at 14,000 there's there's none of them that are higher so they're all there's a ton of mountains that are like 14,000 and some change Mm -hmm. and um and then the next once you get up into Alaska Alaska has Denali or Mount McKinley or whatever and um that one's like 20,000 or something but you get onto that and with a lot of like Capitals Peak is 14,000 and and um I, like I would do that in a day so mm-hmm. I, would, I would wake up maybe like four in the morning or something and like run hike to get a, to a certain point and then I'm traveling super light all I would bring is water mm-hmm. um, you can knock that out in a day like it's very like it's strenuous but you can knock it out in a day but you get to like um, you get to Denali and you're looking at like 21 to 24 days. Mm-hmm. So like you, you go into on the bottom of the glacier and I haven't climbed and all yet, but that's like what my next, um, next, um, like mountain climb is going to be, but that hmm. like requires a ton of planning because now you're, what you do is like you leapfrog gear. Cause now you're carrying, like it becomes exponentially harder the longer you have to stay there. Cause now you're, you're bringing, you're bringing a ton of gas to like boil water you're mm-hmm. bringing a ton of food and then you're also you know bringing some you're bringing more mountaineering equipment and so what you have to do is so you leapfrog gear so you'll like carry gear up to like 
we'll just say, I don't know what the camps are. We'll say camp four, mm-hmm. you know, camp six is the summit, like, or there's camp five and then the summit. So you're at camp three, you have to bring gear up to camp four. Then you go back down to camp three and then you stay there for the night. You bring the rest of the gear up to camp four mm-hmm. and then you go up to camp five to like acclimate. And then you go back to camp four to spend the night and then you carry camp or gear up to camp five. So you're leapfrogging sure. all the way up. So that's like what uh like you get into that realm of like it takes a lot more planning and then it's not you can't be spontaneous about that kind of stuff you have to really plan it out and mm-hmm. um like people work out like it's kind of funny to see but uh people will be like doing their workout for like preparing for this mountain climb like they're doing stuff that's specific to the muscles that are that they're going to be taxing when they're you know walking with the sled because you use a sled up there too mm-hmm. um and that's kind of the same thing with like those uh i believe the gentleman's name is mark leclerc that sounds right yeah yeah he uh the alpinist that yeah. dude is just yeah that guy's actually probably insane yeah like i know he passed away he got yeah. like, killed in the avalanche but um yeah that guy is so wild um he has no fear it's unbelievable yeah 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 but he would climb some some stuff like I don't know. I, to be honest, I only like watch the movie. Yeah, from right. like, like the most of the, what I know about him. But um, yeah, he just do crazy climbs and um, and uh, like ice climbs too, without uh-huh. like no ropes or anything. Which yeah, right, right, is insane. Probably not super smart. But um, same thing with uh, the other guy. Uh, what is his name? I want to say it's something. I can't. It's it's who the free solo guy? No, no, the guy that uh, did a bunch of peaks in the Himalayas. Right, right. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, again, that's insane. But that's like, you know, I don't think he has a full time job. Like, I don't think that's um, like you can't really if you're doing that. No, fourteen but, peaks is what it was called. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. Maybe a Persia. I don't know. Yeah, we'd have to look into it. But either way, 14 Peaks is the, the movie there. But yeah, crazy for sure. But that, I think that's all he did. Yeah. Climb the peak, work on the logistics, recover, mm-hmm. and climb the next peak, work on the logistics re- and logistics, and then recover and climb the next peak. But still, unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's absolutely wild. And um, there's, <clears throat> another, there's another gentleman, uh, um, Colin O'Brady. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've heard of him. Yeah, he... he, he uh, Colin, Colin O'Brady, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's done some really cool stuff with like he um he actually he pulled a sled across Antarctica. Did like um one of the first traverses of it or like the quickest traverse of Antarctica with the sled. Right. Um and like just putting that into perspective, like well, like for myself I should say it's like from pulling a sled with not even close to how much weight he had he had like 400 some pounds of gear mm-hmm. and so he lived out of this tent and up there too like uh, or up there down there um they'll get i mean they get like 80 mile an hour winds and it, it like it gets down to like negative 90 plus degrees like 
and in the winter it's you know 24 hours of darkness for like six months and in the summer it's you know six months of light but mm-hmm. it's absolutely yeah mind-blowing right right that's what i'm looking right here as you're as you're talking about i've never seen him but he was saying it was when he's crossing the i think it's when he crossing the antarctic there he's planning on consuming seven thousand calories a day but dropped that to six thousand which led to severe weight loss crazy i mean obviously he's putting out a ton of energy yeah 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 that's yeah yeah no it's wild I, I don't know. I, maybe I could get to there. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would appreciate it. And, and again, it's pro- it's just got to be bite-sized things, right? Yeah. You know, uh, but limited to zero exposure to any type of rock climbing, mountain climbing, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to watch it is unbelievable. But again, it's it's almost like you going up to Alaska and feeling it and seeing it. Now you have a way bigger appreciation for the right. explorers and whatever else. I think for me to have a taste of it, I have a crazy appreciation for it, but I think as soon as you had a taste of it, yeah, that appreciation would go up another hundred percent. No, yeah. try. Well, yeah, like, yeah. When I first read it, because like, where do you put it? Put that in your mind, like pulling a four hundred pound sled. Like, yeah, that sounds pretty heavy. I I could probably pull a four hundred pound sled. Yeah, and then yeah, then you pull a hundred pound sled like a few miles or a couple miles, and you're like, this is insane. Yeah, like, and not only like. And I'm concerned about like getting soaked in sweat and then negative 30 degrees. Like mm-hmm. he's out there, you know, when he did that, I mean, he'd get down to like negative 112. I think I just seen. Yeah. I was going to say like, I thought he said a negative 90 or even lower wind chill of a negative 112, negative 112. Unbelievable. And yeah, like you don't, yeah. Like at that point you're literally, and, and what do you do? You know, like, say that uh this is something he talked about in that like say his tent blows away because like when the winds would get like 80 miles an hour Mm -hmm. and i've had that i've experienced those kind of winds on top of i did a a winter summit and uh it was me and my buddy nate weinert and we went out there and um up in colorado and uh we did Mount Quandry, which isn't actually like, it's actually a pretty, it's still 14 some thousand feet, but it's not a really steep mountain. There's like no avalanche risk to it. So that's why we picked it. Mm-hmm. But we got up to the top and there's over 70 mile an hour winds and we were crawling. Hmm. Like we're like, like it was insane. And, but he has to set up a tent on that. So like he's, he's talking about, yeah, 80 mile an hour winds and, um, he, uh, he have to set up a tent and like, if that thing blows away, like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe you could dig a snow pit to like wait it out or something, but yeah. Um, yeah. Like that, those are like life or death, like things like, and it's, yeah, it doesn't, it sounds kind of weird to think about like setting up a tent and then if it blows away, like you might be screwed. Yeah. But, um, yeah totally different realm like yeah uh insane yeah really insane what what percentage for you for these adventures is the the physical and the challenge and the goal versus the adventure and the romantic side of it yeah uh yeah there's not i don't think there i really have a goal for most of the stuff okay i just like and, and that's probably too why i haven't crossed over like to like doing um 
like extended mountain climbs is like the physical part is pretty easy Mm -hmm. like to a degree but like um like the adventure part is like really like what i like is you know going out you're like you're seeing something new like and a lot of stuff like is totally um like not a lot of people experience it unless they actively seek it so Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool to be like you know see this thing that is not something that's like you see every day right um and then the uh maybe a little bit of romantic like it's that like the type two kind of fun where like some of the stuff sucks while you're doing it but then you look back and you're like wow that was actually like that was really neat like right i kind of want to do that again and then you're like, why am I doing this again? Yeah. But no, no. Right. No, that, that'll frequently happen. You're like, what are we doing? Why do I do this? And then you hit the truck or you get back to wherever you are. Like, I can't like, wait to get back there. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was like my, I don't want to call him out. You're like, he's, he's a stud of a guy. And, uh, but like when we were climbing like quandary, man, we were, we weren't actually that busted up, but yeah. he was like, dude, this sucks. And I was like, hey, like, you know, we can uh, we can turn around whenever you want. Like, we're we're not too far, you know. Knowing that he'd be like, no, dude, let's just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um. But then once we got to the back room, we we're climbing down. We we're like, dude, that was so much fun. Like, uh-huh. that was that was just insane. <laughs> and we're uh, people are like, there was some other people that came up later in the day. We were the first ones up there in the morning. We got up at like four in the morning and hit it. Hmm. But we we're like. You were rocking down, and he's up in front. And he's like, "Yeah, that wasn't even bad." Like, yeah, <laughs> like, they're like, "Hey, how was the climb?" Like, "Ah, it wasn't bad." Like, yeah. that was easy. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, dude." <laughs> yeah, yeah it's funny. It's a mental thing for sure. You go through 100%. swings. Yeah, right. Hundred uh, percent. We had it, same deal. We had, I've had like we went on a trip, and uh, same deal. You know, we were doing this. We we're going back into this place to go camp for the night. Just yeah. one night of hunting back in this place, but muddy, and we had bikes mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Anyways, uh, yeah, you could tell like the the group as a group was overall pretty frustrated. It was way harder than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Our bike tires got stuck. Whatever. Like we were getting back into this place. Anyways, it was th- a thing where like you know some amount of frustration but once you got the other side it was like unbelievable you know it wasn't even bad right (laughs) right same deal but you almost have to like let each person go through their own mental whatever and then and then come out the other side or whatever it is too right but yeah uh, and 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 it's it's like maybe this is like uh maybe this is just coming from me but i'll i'll say that like uh and yeah maybe this is just me personally like needing to like work on like perspectives Mm, mm -hmm. but i'll be i'll be like yeah this is easy for me like like it's gotta like why are you you Mm -hmm. know like come on like the same bad but then something that i'll be like say uh somewhere i'm uh like i'm struggling i'm like this sucks right how are they doing it so easily but yeah um you know it's sometimes hard to have like an open mind yeah when you're like when you're you know doing some physic physical for sure for sure no everyone's on different levels right even mentally like the things that you've gone through harden yourself for those next 
things mm. that you're going through, right? Yeah. So that other person is just a different comfort zone. So once they, I feel like that once that person is yeah. out of that comfort zone, that's when they can be like, oh, yeah. that's their whatever, their mind telling them to turn around, turn around, this thing, mm-hmm. whatever. And then you just get to this low, dark place. And But I feel like the magic happens once you get out the other side of that. Yeah. Right? Like you figure, like find out. Um, yeah. That it wasn't even that bad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like the uh the book have you read the book or watched the movie into the wild are you familiar with that Mm -hmm. yeah that's uh yeah i've seen the movie i'll say that like or no i'm sorry what were you gonna say no i'm just curious about it and then curious like for me like again i think people do different things for different reason a big part of the reason i'm drawn towards a lot of this is the adventure of that too but it's just like the romantic part of it yeah that adventure and i feel like that encapsulates kind of that free spirit that I'm, I'm again willing to go out and, and see the world and, and live life as an adventure you yeah know? so uh it's actually kind of cool because i went up to when i was up in fairbanks i went to the museum and they mm. had a the exhibit's not open yet but they have that the bus one 142 mm-hmm. i think it's 142 um no i like it's cool like um like i think his like the mindset of was cool but not well planned out sure like where like he took like the romantic part of it or like the i don't want to say emotional but like the really the emotional part and wasn't super rational because mm-hmm. even so people that don't know like this guy he had traveled around the u.s and like yeah. i think he went down the colorado river and did some like cool stuff and and then kind of living with the like the shirt off his back and initially he had he went to i think a really good school yeah like went to a good school um and like didn't want to go didn't want to go like in his father's footsteps or like dude something like that and mm-hmm. i like if i'm misquoting it like i apologize yeah but um then went out on like crazy adventures but uh he ended up in alaska and in the denali wilderness and crossed i think it was uh it was still running so it's still a river he did a river crossing but what happened was he stayed at this bus 142 and then he went to leave and it was the springtime it was like the spring thaw mm-hmm. and the river ran like got really wide and deep and like he wasn't able to cross back over it but he uh it's kind of like it's kind of unfortunate he didn't he was like uh, it was either two miles i think it was more than two miles is two miles or, or he's 11 miles from a bridge right so like if he like studied or like really looked into like where he was going just like slightly he would have realized like there was a bridge like right up the river not sure. right up the river but um so that's like yeah that's like to an extreme of like the romantic um romantic uh like emotional side of like going out there and do, but like if you don't do your like if you don't um research i guess you say like research and or like put some thought into what you're doing then you know you can end up like in a bad spot like mm-hmm. No, the, the, some of the, even to add more context and maybe you only pick this up in the book, it kind of hints at it in the movie, but the, it, it's so fascinating to me because a lot of what I'm interested in is the adventure itself, but also the psychology and relationships and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But his 
dad was crazy abusive. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. and so that paints a lot of the picture. So his dad okay. was crazy abusive. His mom would let it happen. They would fight all the time, whatever else. Uh, but then on the outside, they were this perfect family. You oh, know, they, okay. uh, hey, you're, you're going to go to this perfect school. You're going to go to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer, whatever it is. But at home, they're like getting beat and mm-hmm. uh, just bad, bad situation. So eventually it was like, that's the only thing that made sense. He's like, to spite his parents, he sold everything, mm. took off, went out West, went on these adventures. And that's what a lot of that was to do is like to try to overcome or, or r- run away, work through whatever else, the abusive relationship yeah. that he left. Right. Uh, and then if you read the book too, the, the author of the book really makes the case that of, I mean, hearing that bridge makes me second guess that, that 11 mile bridge, he doesn't even mention that, or maybe mm. he was unaware anyways, uh, really makes the case that he was well-informed compared to a lot of people that went there. Okay. And just a bad turn of events, right? But then it's 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 so interesting. The sister who went through this as well and seen him leave and then had to live then after that and his parents were just crazily in shock. Like mm-hmm. our son left, doesn't talk to us. We don't know where he's at. They kind of went into this like... Uh, like depressive state whatever Mm -hmm. just like our son left so the daughter had to see all that but she makes the case that like him leaving and going up to alaska not only did it make sense it was the only thing that made sense like it's pretty crazy he's like living in this like like i don't want to say a fake life but yeah he'd like um yeah continue on but the other crazy weird connection is their mom was from from iron mountain oh yeah 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 Yeah. yeah i did hear about that that is yeah and I guess, yeah, I, I hadn't, uh, maybe I'd watch, and that's the thing when you watch a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, you read the book. Yeah. So yeah. you get so much more out of a book than like maybe five minutes in the beginning where there is like an, like, like the abusive right. father. Um, cause I, you know, now that you say that I do, I do remember kind of like cut scenes of it yeah. in the beginning, but yeah. yeah, so that's, that's something that, you know, reading the book you're so much more well and like well informed yeah yeah but the the daughter's book is called so there's into the wild the daughter's is called the wild truth and she gives a lot of the backstory of like their childhood Mm -hmm. growing up what was it like what led to this un uh, unbelievably fascinating yeah yeah i'm gonna have to read that that's yeah because when and i'll be honest like when i when i first saw the movie i was like yeah this is cool like I, I enjoyed the movie, but mm-hmm. towards the end, I was like, and then, uh, yeah, I, I really don't want to be misquoting it. Mm-hmm. I thought someone had said there was like, uh, uh, the bridge portion of it. Yeah. 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 Not far upstream to the South. There were, there were crowds, there were crowds of Denali national park and the park shuttle system. Hmm. So he wasn't, he wasn't too far from, uh, Denali National Park. Sure. Or he was in the Denali National Park. He wasn't too far from um, where the bridge would have been. Right, right. So with a little bit of uh, pre-planning, you could have avoided it. But I wonder what the general consensus is of people that are familiar with hiking that area, uh, have read, I'd be curious, like Mm -hmm. if they read both books and had an open mind to it, whatever, like like, was he just a ill-informed, poor-planned kid or was it actually just a weird turn of events or not right right and and um yeah initially i thought that um initially i just wrote it off as like he didn't know what he was doing yeah but like now talking to you probably was more informed than i thought uh but still like 
a lot of that, you know, to, um, yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to say. Right. Like it's hard to say what probably truth to both. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Right. But still the, the, the story itself is just fascinating. And then again, that, uh, the fact that he just gave it all up, sold everything, got rid of everything, went and toured. I don't know. That part was just unbelievable. And then mm-hmm. went up there. The, yeah, the movie. Yeah, the whole bit. I I love the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, it was a good movie. I, I liked it. Yeah, but I could see that for sure. There's a lot of people, I think, that have that perspective that he was just a misinformed. or a, Yeah, a, that's kind of what I had too. But I'd have to, I'd, I guess I'd really have to look more into it before, you know, because that might not. Uh, he, he probably was a little more informed than I originally thought. Mm-hmm. What's uh, for you long term? Oh, actually, before I ask that, I, I've got a closing question. Unless you have anything else that we didn't cover, I'm, I'm sure we've missed some of your adventures. But anything that we should have gone over that is worth? Um, no, I, I guess like kind of with uh, like into the wild, um, <clears throat> like with being more well informed. Uh, anyone else that's doing like that's going to do adventures, like definitely put a, some thought into it for sure. Like one of the, like there's one other, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of the trips, but like one other that kind of stands out where like was, did not, wasn't smart was, um, I like went down. So I, I hiked the grand Canyon a couple of times and I, I was seeing a girl at a, the time and we went on like a little trip and, uh, we hiked the Grand Canyon down to the Colorado River, then back up. Ended up being like twenty some miles, twenty six miles, hmm. and then um, uh, um, a ton of like elevation change. But uh, we went when we, before we went out there. The only thing I had to gauge was like, all right, I hiked this other trail that was kind of similar, and we did it in like six hours or eight hours we did it really quickly eight hours i think and uh i was like yeah we'll go down there so i packed like i had a thing of gummy bears like just one bag of gummy bears and uh a camelback with like a life straw and i was like yeah we'll just we'll run down there real quick and then we'll come back up like max eight hours like we don't need to eat um and uh we went down there in during the day in the summer and the, I hadn't like looked at the rivers or like the creeks that were supposed to be running mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize that those creeks weren't running. Hmm. So like I got back up. So we left the, we filled up in water at the river and we started going back up and, uh, all the rivers were dry hmm. or the creeks were dry and we're like, Oh, this is bad. Like we have no water and there's no cell phone service. Like in the trail that we took, it was called the new hands trail. We saw like one other person on it. Hmm. So, uh, yeah it was like not and um eventually there was one creek we found and uh like we wouldn't have been it would have been terrible like we probably would have just turned around stayed at the bottom of the uh river and then drank as much water as we could and then went back sure when it was cooler out but it was like it was middle of the day it was pretty hot and uh there was only one spot we got water from they were able to get water from and it was like an inch deep full of like algae and flies hmm. and uh we were able to get water from it like filter it out and then um but we didn't have any electrolytes or anything so that was like one of the things like i was okay but she was um like she would drink water and then like go to the bathroom like 10 minutes later oh, so sure. there's like no 
um, there's like no electrolytes to actually hold the water. So I was like getting kind of concerned, but like we got back up and it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like one of those things, like you think like you, you think you're okay, but you don't like, I guess the biggest thing, like if you're doing anything where, um, like you're researching stuff, like talk to the people that actually live there mm-hmm. or like that just hike the trail, like the guy, the guys on the ground or like the people that, um, have been there firsthand, have that tacit knowledge of like the area. So then they can be like, yeah, there are creeks there in the spring, mm-hmm. like, but you're going to want to carry extra water or like you really need to like bring electrolytes. Cause that ended up being, that ended up taking like a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like we got up at sunset, we got back at sunset and it was like a reality check. Like we were both fine, but um, I was more concerned about her. Like, because uh, we didn't have like any anything to eat, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it worked out good. But just being like doing research and like having tacit knowledge or talking to someone that um, has done it, so you can get like on this on like the trip when I went up to Alaska. Um, there's a lady, Alice of the North, is her Instagram account, hmm. or Elise Elise of the North, but she lives up in the Arctic. Just like really cool Instagram page and and so i messaged her and i was like hey like what do you think i should bring like what's the best method to travel over the snow up here i know it's like not super deep but it's pretty cold like what um so she gave me some pointers and Hmm. um yeah yeah the other thing i was going to say before my last follow-up question is that you you've done some journaling but i feel like you should uh just for the sake when you're 80 it'd be fun Mm -hmm. to look for you to look back on i agree yeah 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 i agree no, that's, that's, you know, it's a good, I do, I do like to, uh, um, I actually just started doing this. I just started getting a disposable camera huh. and like, uh, snap, like snap a picture of like some, like one or two pictures of something like, like, um, like a cool place or something. And then, uh, I don't think I'm going to develop them right away. Mm-hmm. So like, just hold on to them and then like, look back like, oh, wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. So that would be a thought I, I like that thought again the disposable camera but mm-hmm. the journaling too even six months later you know you're bored in the middle of whatever work or it's something like that you can check it out something. but yeah but then anyway so i'm curious for you obviously life changes brings you anywhere but what's your it sounds like you want to hike denali or, or summit denali yeah. what's the what's the future for you i mean do you have other big lofty goals or, or things you're looking into or, or what are you what are you looking into yeah well the uh i guess like like uh, my life as a whole like uh, I want to do some more stuff in the the army and excel there and then, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then in in the meantime uh, you know like plan out kind of trips in between that mm-hmm. and, and yeah so like climb Denali and then uh, I'd love to check out Antarctica too mm-hmm. and then uh, there's another uh, there's another park it's up in Canada it's called uh, Tungat National Park. Mm-hmm. It's up in uh, New Labrador and uh, or Newfoundland and Labrador. Um, I think it's, it's Tung T O N G K A T. Okay. Tungat National Park. Hmm. Did you? Were you able to I, I see Tornjat T O R N G A T. Maybe that might sure. be. It's like right. Uh, it's very far north in Canada. Okay. In Labrador, you said? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Torn yep. jet. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Torn jet or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm pronouncing yeah. it wrong too. But um, yeah, I want to check out that. Okay. Uh, but do you think it'll be continually uh, like uh, summits, adventures, hikes type things? Or are you going to get into some other type of, you know, uh, kayaking or canoeing or something like that? Probably uh, like similar to what I'm doing now. Okay. Like that kind of realm, but just harder stuff. Maybe a little bit of rafting or canoeing. Sure. Cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just mountaineering school. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's fun to uh, fun to hear about, and and again, just such a, a small exposure, just from a hunting side of things. You go up these different hills and stuff like that. Not, I mean, mm-hmm. nothing even in the scope. But I'm just saying that for me, that I appreciate again is that that like the hiking, the wilderness, the landscape, just mm-hmm. the spending that time out there, whatever. It's just unbelievable. Uh, I really like it. Yeah, I think uh, I think if you haven't. Uh, and where do you normally go hunting? Like probably so, Montana, yeah, West? yeah, North Dakota, Montana, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd recommend anyone um, to just expose themselves to that. Like even you know, I'm I'm imagine a lot of your listeners are in the area, mm-hmm. like to go out west and like see Montana. Or, oh yeah, like they would probably be blown away. Like, right, especially. Um, I mean, in Montana as a whole, is just an awesome state. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anyone that hasn't gone out west, I, I think just seeing that, and maybe that's not your cup of tea, but mm-hmm. um, I think they'd have a, I think they'd have an awesome time. Yeah. Yeah, I love Montana. Like, yeah. What a, so, uh, I know we got to wrap it up. Kind no, of no, we got, we got time. Go ahead. Um, what a, how do you get your tags? Do you do, do bow hunt? A little bit of bow hunting, a little bit of rifle hunting, okay. uh, and maybe we should save it for afterwards. I'll, I'll tell okay, you, but yeah, you, it's yeah. so technical. You have to look into each state. You have to look into regulations. Like, it's it yeah. takes a lot of a lot of work to try to figure it out. Once you got it figured out, it's fairly easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's services that can help you with trying to figure it out and explain it as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's a blast for sure. If you haven't done it, I'd I'd mm-hmm. recommend it. But we did a uh, as a family. I've talked about it on here. We a year and a half ago we did a huge loop out west. Uh, and everybody said going into it, like, Hey, you're going to be doing way too much driving. You're going way too much. We did three weeks. We did, uh, the quick loop was basically like through North Dakota into Yellowstone up to mm-hmm. Glacier over to the Oregon coast down the Redwoods, oh, wow. um, Yosemite death Valley over to Utah and then up through Wyoming and back home. Yeah. The moment we hit the Hills in North Dakota, like the badlands in North Dakota till basically we hit the prairies of South Dakota. I was just enthralled, like mm-hmm. unbelievable the whole time. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a wide variety of landscapes but all of it like mountainous hilly terrain views huge trees whatever i told my wife when the day we got back like i could hop in the car and do this again tomorrow like i didn't feel like we drove too much or seen too much yeah. at all yeah. yeah no it's uh yeah it's insane um what the u.s has like and that was like yeah it's insane what the u.s has mm-hmm. um I I know I completely agree. Like, yeah, the redwoods are awesome. Yeah, That's, uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, have you gone seen them in person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I was blown away. Yeah, like, um, yeah, like trees literally the size of your house. There's yeah. I have the, a video of my buddy Nate again. He uh, uh he was where he's sitting inside of a tree and uh, or like inside of a tree with just his head sticking up. But this tree is massive and. Um, yeah, he's 
yeah. I mean, we you could have fit like ten people inside of this tree. It was oh, like yeah. the inside was like rotted out or it was burned or something. But mm -hmm. um, like the tree was still standing, but you could walk inside of it and probably fit like 10 15 people in there like, mm -hmm. it's just uh, wild words don't do it and that was uh, honestly the redwoods was i mean you see uh glacier unbelievable mm -hmm. yosemite these different places that are nuts right the redwoods is the most surprised i was versus what i expected yeah uh right because you think you're just gonna be kind of big trees but yeah. then or what, did you, is that what you thought you were yeah. just going to see just like, like big trees? Or? I've seen big trees. I've gone to see the Esteban Pines. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then you go there and they're huge. Like I, I, we, we, when we were in Glacier, we wrapped our hands around a tree that we thought was big. And I, probably three of me could have wrapped my mm -hmm. arms around it. Like, let's compare what this is like to the Redwoods, you know? Yeah. Get to the Redwoods, uh, uh, 40 of my hands. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable, yeah. the, the the circumference on these things. No, I, yeah. I, yeah, it was mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's just fun for sure. But anyways, Kyle, I appreciate it. Thanks for hopping on. Yeah. Fun to hear about. Yeah, thank you for having me, Logan. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.